Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest episode uh, of the Cortellinish podcast. I'm your host, Zach Lowy, the co-creator of Breaking Lines. The past few weeks, we've been going with a lot of specific team podcasts in on, on Cortellinish, and not just the bigger clubs like Benfica, like Sporting Porto, but in recent weeks, you know, we, we've spoken to Boavista fans with jo- Jose Pedro Paes, a Famalicao fan, João Nuno Sousa, Santa Clara fans. We've, we've, we've been trying to, you know, address more and more teams across the Primera Liga. Last week, uh, speaking with Adriano Fernandez, a Porto fan. So really trying to branch out. And today, uh, we have a very special guest who is our... Chief Aruca fan on the Cortellinis podcast. Name's Fernando Gesind, who joins us from Porto, Portugal. How are you doing today, Fernando? I'm doing very well. How are you doing? I'm doing great. A lot of stuff that I'm excited to be discussing with you. A lot of action in the Primera. A lot of stuff that's happened since our last episode. Thursday uh, saw Storil take on Aruca, two promoted sides. And the Storil going up early on from an own goal from Abdullah Ba, but Aruka coming back and scoring two goals in the final 10 minutes of the match. An 89th minute equalizer from Andre Silva and a 97th minute winner from Ebue Kwasi. So, you know, going into that match, there had obviously been a ton of late drama in the previous matches. This is a really big win for Aruka, you know, going up against an Estorial team that has been one of the biggest revelations uh, of the season thus far and beating them. Uh, your thoughts on this match? What did, what did you make of Aruka's performance? To be an, an Aruka fan is a true test of your <laughs> uh, cardiac health <laughs> because it was nerve-wracking. I mean... I spent 84 minutes of that game uh, biting my nails because we were we were one nil behind and and that result if we would have lost it, it it would leave us in a very 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 complicated position not that our position right now is um, perfect not even close but it, it would be even worse and when we actually when we got that that goal by Andres Silva in the, in the 90th minute I thought okay so so this is the bare minimum because our first half was was actually not very good. I did not like the way that, that we played at all. But in the second half, we came back much better. We controlled the game. We pressed higher. We had quality on and off the ball. And, and we, were, we were clearly deserving at least a draw out of that match. And when that, goal, when that ball went in, I didn't even celebrate the goal because I thought that this, that was the bare minimum. I mean, the draw was the bare minimum that we would deserve out of that match. When when that last the last minute goal went in, I I just ran like a madman um, around the house screaming because that goal was so so important to us so much so that we are right now out of the relegation zone and of course it is not perfect but it is it is a huge huge morale boost for for the team who will have a very important match today as well and and that one will be an, a real six pointer. But, but uh, I mean, comparing the sensations that I, I had throughout the match, I went from despair to unconfined joy in, in six minutes. 
Absolutely big result for Aruka. Uh, going on to match day 20, you know, we do have a few games coming up that, that we'll see what happens. Uh, Storiel taking on Paso Stefera, as well as, as you mentioned, that relegation six-pointer pa- six between Famalico and Aruka. Uh, tomorrow, we'll see Santa Clara going up against Boa Vista. Wednesday, two really interesting matches, Benfica, Gil Vicente, and Sporting Belenenc Saad. Yesterday, however, we did see Vizela beating Vitoria de Guimarães, another really impressive result for uh, a newly promoted side, uh, Vitoria taking the lead early on, but uh, Vizela coming back and winning 3-2. to two. Obviously, Estoril have had a pretty positive season despite that loss to Aruca. I'm curious, what have been your thoughts on Vizela? You know, it was just, I think just two years ago that you guys were, were both in the, uh, the third division. Yeah, exactly. We, we, we came up together uh, from, from Campeonato Portugal to the second league. And, and then last year, we, we got promoted as well together uh, to the Primeira Liga. And I, I really like them. Uh, I like them. I like the way they, they play. I am. I was. I, I have to admit that I was uh, a little bit disappointed with their result yesterday because I want all the teams that are around mine to do badly. So, <laughs> so we can so we can breathe a little bit better. So I was I was disappointed by their result and also of uh, um, Tondela's win. I was not expecting that as well. Vizela is a side that I really don't mind if they if they stay up because I, I like the way they play. I, I said that um, last year as well. Um, they have a very, a very, uh, a very unique style of playing in, in the way that it is. You can see the ideas. You can, you can identify the patterns of play. You can, you can definitely understand what the team wants from, from each moment of the game. And I really enjoy that. And I think that teams like that uh, are necessary to our football because I think Portuguese football has been, um, characterized in, in the last few years for having majority of the teams are just pumping it long and, and playing root one football and trying to nick a draw or win one nil. And I think that teams that really want to play football are, are essential to, to the quality of the league. And I think Vizela are one of them. They kept the majority of the players that, that came up last year and they proved that uh, what you really need is a solid base kept the manager, kept the majority of the players, and they are, they are showing that uh, they, they have a lot of quality. I mean, I, I saw the majority of the game against Vitoria, and they completely outplayed uh, Vitoria, and they fully deserved the, the, the result. We've seen some, some pretty interesting matches. Portimonech, another fairly sizable upset. Portimonech going up against Tondela, taking the lead early on via a goal from Ivan Angulo. Actually, it was an all-Colombian goal between uh, Willington Aponza getting the assist and Angulo picking up the goal. But Tondela, another, another late comeback, right? Similar to what we saw with the Aruca Estorial game. Uh, Tondela equalizing the 80th minute from Iker Undabarrena and uh, grabbing a winner in the 88th minute from Juan Boselli. You know, a very poor run of form for Portimonense, who should be mentioned, did go down to 10 men after Philippe Hilvish's sending off in the 59th minute. But uh, another damning result for Portimonense, who have you know, started the season quite well, uh, unable to, to build on that over the past month or so. 
be interesting to see what happens with them. Braga, on the other hand, taking on Morenz uh, and winning 2 nothing uh, via a second-half goal from Al-Musrati and Ricardo Orta. Porto, on the other hand, going up against Maritimo, beating Vasco Siabra's side thanks to two goals from two Brazilian attackers, Evan Nielsen and Pepe. So another strong result uh, from Porto's perspective. We'll see what happens in the other games. Another big development that has happened with regards to Porto is the sale of Luis Diaz to Liverpool. Luis Diaz, I, I think that we can agree, he has been the best player in Portugal this season. And the best player in Portugal in, in a few years, I might add. Uh, it's crazy to me to think that you know this guy wasn't even a clear-cut starter last season because he's just been so good. And it, it's really been a pleasure uh, to watch him play. Unfortunately, you know, the, the case, as we've seen with so many players in recent years, Nuno Mendes, Joao Felix, you know, players of Luis Diaz's caliber just don't stay in Portugal for that long. Um, your thoughts on the Diaz sale? Do you think that he could be a success for Liverpool? And is this a good deal for Porto's perspective? I think, I think he'll have success because he, I think if it's uh, Klopp's way of playing um, very well. He is fast. He can skip past a man or two. He, he has actually a great attribute, which is his shooting power and, and the placement of the ball when he, when he fires is, is actually amazing. He scored some, some wonder goals here in Portugal, especially cutting from the left to the inside and then putting the ball on the other, on the other corner of the net. I think he, he will be a, a massive success. I don't know if he'll get many playing time already. So this season, uh, because obviously I think that Sadio Mane is, is, will be ahead of him in, in club's choices. But given a few opportunities, I think he could, he could definitely fight for the, for the spots. Uh, I think he has all the tools. It will be a massive blow for Porto on the, on the playing side or, or uh, in, in the game specifically. And uh, well, the the surroundings of the deal, I, I I don't know much of it. I think it was like forty five million euros or something like that, with with fifty million in in add-ons. Uh, I would say it was the possible deal given Porto's uh, financial situation, which I I don't follow very closely, but I think that that they it is it it was not good. I think it, they were even in in danger of of being out of of European competitions in the next three years. So that's why they needed money um, right now. And if, if that is the case, well, beggars can be choosers. And if, if they only gave you that amount of money and you really, really, really need to make money, you have to accept it. The, the backlash has been immense, I think. <laughs> Supporters were not, Porto fans were not happy with, with the, the sale of Diaz. But um, football is, is more and more a business and, and clubs have to be run like companies. But obviously it is a big loss, a huge loss for, for the club. But I think that Diaz will, will, fit, will fit well in Liverpool's um, playing style. And, and he will definitely be a good uh, replacement for Mane when he, when he leaves. Absolutely. Really intriguing transfer. Uh, should be noted that Sadio Mane, Mohamed Salah and Roberto Firmino all out of contract in 2023. I do think that uh, at least one of them will end up leaving over the next uh, year or so. And I think it will open the door for Diaz to, to take on a titular role. Uh, I, I do think that he will be a success. You know, there aren't many clubs that are better 
when it comes to developing attackers uh, into into world class performers than Liverpool under Jurgen Klopp. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Still a few hours left in the January transfer window. Still, you know, a few transfers that have yet to be completed. Uh, it looks like Porto may may add Ruben Semedo to to their defense uh, from from Olympiacos. Seems as well that uh, Nicolas Gaetan could be going to Paso Sifajera. But one player who I wanted to talk about uh, who looks like he could be Porto's replacement for Luis Diaz is Wenderson Galeno. Uh, Pedro Sepulveda reporting that uh, Porto have reached an agreement with Braga to buy back 50% of his economic rights for 9 million euros. Galeno signing a contract until the summer of 2026. We'll see what happens you know, in the next few hours, but uh, Galeno... The player who struggled for opportunities under Sergio Conceição. You know, we talked about this on the show last week with Adriano Fernandez. He mentioned that he would, he thought Galeno, you know, deserved more opportunities and is a quality player. I'm curious, what do you think of Galeno as a potential replacement for Luis Diaz? Um, well, being honest, I think it's downgrade. I, I think that the only thing that Galeno has better than Diaz is is actually his, his speed. Although Diaz, like I said, is fast, but I think Galeno, Galeno is even faster. But that's it. I, I truly, I do not see anything out of this world in in Galeno uh, that would make Porto um, buy him back. But if if that's the direction that they wanted to, uh, in, in which they wanted to take the club or or, or the business, then well, that's it. Um, I I do think he's uh, like I said very fast, but I, I think he's a little bit inconsistent and his decision making is is definitely not the best. He can make a difference when he when he has space, so he can he can run and and especially uh, running, you know, making deep runs in the back of defenders. I think he can create some problems there, but other than that, I don't see his I don't see him having the ability that he has had to go past the man or dribble them. I, I, I don't see that, especially in close spaces like Diaz had. I don't think Galeno has that, uh, those resources. And, and I think it's, it's actually a strange deal because like you said, uh, he did not have many opportunities when he was in Porto with, with the current manager. So why, why coming back now? Why going, going for him uh, when the manager had already stated that he did not want to to work with him or that he did not have enough qualities to um, to play for for the team. So why going back to him? I, I really don't understand, but well, uh, if, if, if the manager asked for him, I really don't know if, if he wanted him back or not. Uh, maybe he sees now something different in him. Uh, and, and I'm actually curious because, uh, well, as an Aroca fan, I, I was actually happy that they sold Diaz because uh, they sold him right before playing us, so <laughs> so I would be I would be happy with I, w- I was happy that they sold him. Um, of course, I'm only joking, um, but um, I, I'm curious to see what what Galeno can do now. Yeah, really interesting move if it does materialize. Some other players, uh, you know, who who could get moves in the coming hours. Uh, Samuel Lino, another Brazilian player, looks like he could be on his way to Atletico Madrid at the end of the season. Pedro Sepulveda reporting that 
Uh, Atletico will buy him for 6.5 million euros. Uh, will remain at Gilvesen until the end of the season. Curious, we, another another player this time from a player outside of Portugal's big three getting a big move. What do you what do you think about this move uh, for Atletico for Samuelino? I think he deserves it. I think he's a quality player, and the whole Gilvesen squad is actually very uh, very good. They've been playing very well. They have been one of the one of the surprises of the season and, and fully merited. They they are they play good football. And and Samuel Lino has been the break the breakout star for them, and and I think well, uh, he he will definitely not be a starter for for Atletico Madrid next season, but uh, I think that maybe given an opportunity or two, he can show what he can do. Um, but th- these kind of deals are are also um, a little bit suspicious to me because um, um, I I don't know. Well, Lino obviously has quality, but I'm I'm not sure that he is Atletico Madrid quality already, at least. So, um, but given the circumstances, which is he will he will stay at Chelsea until the end of the season, um, he can he can continue to develop there, and then next year maybe maybe he will he will play for Atletico, and um, because well he has I think he has. The potential to 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 play there. Um, will he? Well, that's that's uh, another question. We can see that Diogo Jota, for example, never played. Or I think he he didn't actually play for Atlético Madrid. He was he was loaned to Porto and then he went to Wolves. Um, and and João Felix that you mentioned early uh, is is having some some tough times in there. He is he's not a regular starter. So it's not easy to to impose to impose himself in the in the Atletico squad, but but let's see. He has he has the potential and, and the quality, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, really interesting to see what happens with Samuel Lino at Atletico Madrid. Uh, some other interesting moves happening, and and I'm sure will happen over the next few hours. Ferro uh, leaving Benfica and joining Hajduk Split on loan. Be interesting to see how Ferro does in Croatia. Um, Raul Silva potentially going to Storio and, and leaving Braga. Um, and you know, one one another transfer that hasn't been announced yet, but but looks like it could happen. Marcus Edwards going to Sporting. Um, Marcus Edwards it has has developed into a very exciting. Fun player to watch at Vitoria de Guimarães. Always been a lot of interest. You know, is he going to go to an English team? Considering the fact that he is English himself, um, this move to Sporting, if it does materialize, it, it's interesting because they Sporting did just loan out Thiago Tomas to Bundesliga side uh, Stuttgart. So there is an you know, and and there was also talk of them selling Bruno Tabata. Uh, Tabata looked like he rejected the move to go to the Middle East and will remain in Lisbon. Marcus Edwards, though, potentially coming in. According to Pedro, uh, they they will sign him for 7.5 million euros. Sending Bruno Gaspar the other way to Vitoria de Guimarães will allow Falai Sacco uh, to go to, to Sanetian on loan, as well as Jenny Katamo coming in uh, on loan to Vitoria de Guimarães. I'm really this is this is a move that has kind of come out of nowhere. I'm curious what what do you think about this move? Um, 
What do you mean it came out of nowhere? Well, I, I I haven't really heard much in the way of like Edwards to sporting. I don't know about you, but personally, I, I did not see many like links to that. Oh. Um, I don't know. <laughs> no, no, that, that that that's normal. I I think it 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 was uh, well. It it intensified uh, as as January went on. I think beginning of the month it was not a really spoke about deal, but as as time went by and even um, sporting president he he gave an interview to a TV channel here in Portugal and he said at the time already that Edwards was a player that they were interested in, um, and and I think he's a very good player. Uh, the f- I remember the first season when he when he came to Vitoria, uh, he played really really well and and everybody was watching him and. Uh, every club wanted him, and, and everybody was keeping an eye on him. Um, but uh, I, I think that thing in Vitoria was actually the best thing for him. I think he developed into a very, very good player, and he will add quality to to the sporting side that I think needs it, especially in in the attack. Um, not exactly in in Edwards' position, maybe, maybe not uh, in wingers when they already have a very good one. Although, of course, he's maybe not going to stay there, which is Pablo Sarabia. Um, but uh, I think that they would really need a new a new striker. I don't know if they are going to sign another one or not. Uh, but given the fact that Tiago Tomás was was loaned to Sugar to Stuttgart, maybe that means that uh, they are still going to sign someone. But Edwards is going to add quality. is is very skillful and is and is a very good dribbler. is is fast and and he can score a goal or two. Um, I think he will he will add quality. And I, I did not know that Falai Sako was going to Santa Tien. I think that's that's a good move for him as well. He's a very good right back in my opinion. And Bruno Gaspar can can uh, can fill the position. I, I think he's, he's he's already been in Victoria. I think and and well I I. I don't think that Vitoria is, is 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 coming off a loss in this in this in this deal, and Jenny Katamo I think is a is a bright prospect, and if if that loan has a, a, a an option to buy, I think that that Vitoria will eventually um, activate it. Definitely some interesting moves yet to be completed. Uh, without any further ado, I want to I want to move on to the Aruka side of this podcast, though. Um, Aruka, you know, they turned 70 years old last year, but it wasn't until nine years ago when they earned promotion to the Primera Liga for the first time ever. As someone who has been an Aruka fan for quite a long time, what would you say have been the biggest changes in the club, uh, you know, since you started following them in terms of structure, results, anything in particular? Okay, so... uh... Uh, honestly, very little has changed because we have the same president since 2006. Um, uh, Carlos Spino is our is our our president uh, since 2006. He is a businessman uh, in in construction, and that's where he made most of his of his fortune. And and he invested heavily in the club when he when he came to the club in 2006. Uh, Aroca was playing in. In the Sunday leagues, per se, and and he had a dream, and his dream was to take Aroca to the to the Primera Liga, and with a lot of hard work and and well, 
probably a lot of money spent. He he, he made it happen twice already. Uh, from if, if you if you ask if you ask me what are the major the major changes between the, the first time that we've been in the, in the Premier League and, and right now, uh, I would say that um, our our signings are uh, a lot more diversified than last time. When when we came up last last the first time, uh, we we bet on players that had already proven Premier League experience. Like Bruno Amaro, like Pinto Silva, um, players that had already played in the in the Premier League, in the Premier League, like David Simon, by example, who is now uh, back. Um, he, he was he was with us in, in our first spell in the Premier League. Uh, Rafael Bracali as well, like the Bovista goalkeeper. This time we went in a different direction in the in the market. We brought some players that did not have as much experience in the Premier League as 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 the ones uh, from from our first spell. And and I I do not think that it actually worked very well. Uh, some of the summer signings were were a bit strange and were players that did not really add quality to the to the squad. We 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 actually tried to do the same thing that Vizela did, which was to keep the majority of of our squad. From last season, uh, which I think was a was a smart move, because we had quality players, uh, but the additions did not really uh, added up quality to to the squad, and and I think that was the biggest change. So um, the last time that we were in the Premier League, our first two seasons were uh, were hard, were, were actually difficult, like this one is being, but we we kept. Uh, we kept up because um, we could rely on the experience of those players uh, that already knew what it was to play in the in the Premier League. Um, this year, we we did not have that, and and I think that was the, the major difference. But the the club is is practically run uh, in the same way since since two thousand and six, and it's it's almost like a family club because. Uh, the president as his son as as um, um, as a the football uh, manager i mean the, not the manager but the responsible for football you know the director for football is is his son and and the club has been run like this since since two thousand and six we 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 had a rapid ascension to to the top and and then we had a rapid and even and even more quick even quicker uh, dissension from from Primera Liga to Campeonato Portugal and then another quick ascension to to the Primera Liga again so it has been uh, a decade of an absolute roller coaster um but um that, well that's that's basically it we have we i think this squad now has as as some more quality that has been added in this market especially Wellington men i was very surprised that we got um, that player. I've, I've been following him for for years now, and and I've always liked him. But I would have never dreamt that uh, Aroca could be signing him. Okay, he was playing in Cruzeiro in the in the Serie B of, of Brazilian football, but still, he is a quality player. He has been an international for for Brazil, and and I think that he he can add some much needed quality. Not so sure about Alan Ruiz. I was never. That much of an of an appreciator of of him when he was in sporting, but uh, let's see what he can do. Um, but that's it. I, I'm I'm very excited to see uh, what we can do in this uh, in the second turn of of the league. 
but but it will be it will be a fight and i hope that the players that we have that like i said do not have the premier league experience that our first bunch of players had when we when we came up that they can that they can hold on and and fight um because this will definitely be be a fight until the last day yeah, and you mentioned Uruka have been one of the most active teams in the transfer window bring in uh, David Simao, uh, Emil Jus Zubas, uh, Alan Ruiz, Bruno Marquez, about him. Nuno Galovic, and Wellington Nem. Uh, so some some interesting names there. Wellington, you know, played for Shakhtar for a while. Alan Ruiz uh, has played for Sporting. What, what do you? What for you as an Oruka fan? What did you feel were the, was the biggest area to reinforce uh, for them? And and how are you feeling with regards to Aruka's business? Uh, I think we really needed a center back, uh, which which we got. We, we got um, Galovic, um, that I I really don't know very well. Uh, but but well, I have to trust that um, he he has the quality to play for us. But I'm I'm not sure until until I'll, I'll see him, of course. Uh, I think we needed a a left back to uh, replace Mateus Quaresma whenever he's not fit. But we we did not uh, we did not ended up getting one. Um, Mateus Quaresma is a is a, a great great player. I, I rate him very highly. Him and Joan Basso, I think they are the, the two best players in our in our squad. And I think we really needed a, a striker uh, because Andre Silva is not a striker from. From birth, per se, he was a winger that Armando Evangelista, Evangelista last year um, put to play in, in, in centre-forward position, and he actually did very well. He scored, uh, I think, 10 goals last season. And he scored some, some goals as well this season, but he's not a pure centre-forward or a pure striker. Uh, and neither is, I think, Odaida Vaga. I think he's, he can play there, but he's not also a natural striker. So I think that... Um, signing the the Brazilian uh, Bruno Marx was was interesting. He came he comes from Santos, and and uh, yeah, I think that he can he can be the the striker that we needed, the pure striker that we needed, um, either to to be in the starting eleven or to come from the bench and try to help us push forward when when we will need it. Uh, so I think that uh, center back, uh, left back, and striker were the main positions in which we needed reinforcements. When we got those uh, center back and, and striker covered, because I personally I don't trust and I don't rate Abdullah Bah very highly. I think he's he's very um, prone to make mistakes, and and that is not a very good quality in the center back. I I wish that they uh, he would be replaced by someone that I I would think that is better. Let's see what Galovic can do. And uh, as I said, I would have liked a, a left-back um, to replace uh, Mateus Quaresma whenever, whenever he's not fit. I think that Thiago Araujo is being used in that position, although he's a, he's a wing. Um, but other than that, I think we have, we have a competent squad that can, that can carry us to, to keeping up, to staying up this season. Uh, we have a very... A very interesting midfield now with Quasi, uh, uh, Leandro Silva, and, and David Simão. I think are are quality players. We we don't have that that good backup maybe uh, because Pedro Moreira is is getting up there in age and is not the same player that he that he used to be. Although he still uh, well, he gives everything he has in every game, 
and and I don't I don't actually rate Pita that much uh, to to say that he could be a starter. Uh, I think that we would maybe if we would have added another, another midfielder to 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 the squad, but I don't think that it will happen. But other than that, I think I think we're good now that um, now that we've covered some some positions and and that we we've stabilized our goalkeeper position because I think that we were we are probably the team in Premier League that has used already more goalkeepers than any 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 other team. Definitely will be interesting to see how those signings uh, pan out with regards to Aruka. I want to talk, you know, a little bit historical right now. Uh, Aruka's greatest season came in 2015-16 under Lito Vidigal when they finished fifth in the league. Uh, just a year later, though, uh, they were relegated, something that we would see with Huab later. Uh in May 2019, they were relegated from the second division, ending a nine-year spell in the pro leagues. You know, what was your impression of those of those few seasons? What 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 did you feel were the biggest reasons for you know that instability? Uh, it definitely seems like it was quite the roller coaster time to be an Oruka fan. Yeah, it was uh, mostly heartbreaking, but uh, we got through it. Well, when when we were. Uh, relegated from the Primera Liga in 2017. I think, I, and uh, while well, being absolutely and brutally honest, I think that happened because our board uh, already thought that we would ha- be that we were we were safe. Because what happened in that season was that Lito Vidigal started the, the 2016-17 season, and we went to the Europa League playoffs. We lost to Olympiacos on extra time in Greece, and we we were not doing as well as last season, but we were not doing that bad as well. When he left, I think we were on 27 points and like 11th or 10th place in the, in the league. So we were, we were okay. And, and uh, I, I think there were 10 or 12 fixtures left uh, before the end of the season. So I think that the board thought that, from, um, that uh, um, we were not going down. And and so they hired a manager that I I think was already way past it. Uh, that this time was over. Um, that was Manuel Machado. Although he he actually uh, managed a few teams after after us. Uh, but when he came to us, I thought that he was past it, and I I I really did not like the appointment of him. And I was proven right because he lost all the seven games that um, that we had under him. And and that that left us in a very very delicate position because, uh, like I said, when Lito left, uh, there were twelve twelve fixtures left. But losing the seven uh, seven fixtures following that, we only had we had like five fixtures, five fixtures to the end of the season. And in the minds of our of our board, we only needed to make like three or four more points. They thought that thirty or thirty-one points was was enough to survive, and and so they, they when when they fired Manuel Machado, they appointed George Leitão, who was a player for us before and was the assistant coach uh, of both Litvinigal and and, uh, and Manuel Machado, and they thought that appointing him was was enough, and it wasn't. It was not because we. We made 32 points, and we were uh, relegated on 32 points by uh, goal difference, which was 
very curious. We lost our last match to, to Sturil and Tondela won against Braga and Moreirense won against Porto on the last, last fixture of the season. And given that, that conjunction of results, we were relegated. Um, and that happened once again, I think, because the board already thought that we were safe uh, and we were definitely not. Um, so uh, when we were relegated from the, the Liga 2 to the Campeonato de Portugal, that, that, that was just um, a, a season that has to be labeled as ridiculous because our goal and our objective was actually to be promoted. And, uh, and unbelievably, we, we ended up being relegated. So we started, that season was, I think, uh, yeah, it was 2018, 2019. Uh, we started that season with Miguel Leal, uh, which had uh, guided us to fifth place on the, on the Liga Dois the year before. So we were, we were fighting for promotion uh, in 17, 18. We did not uh, obtain it. So the goal was to... Uh, be even better in the next season and try to to clinch promotion pr- promotion. But um, we start our start our start was very shaky and and um, it, it, I think that the fact that uh, it was put as an objective to be promoted as messed with players' minds and once they realized that they were not not only they were were they not going to uh, be promoted, but they were in a rele- relegation scrap because our results started uh, being very poor, and we had to replace Miguel Leal with Kim Machado, who was at the time um, uh, respected, and he had he had some some good spells, um, especially with Vitória in his in his curriculum. When he came to us, uh, the idea was to steer the ship in the remainder of the season, and then next season. Once again, they were already trying. They were, all, they were already talking about promotion for next season, and once again, I think that was a mistake because they did not prepare the players and the squad mentally for a relegation scrap on the second on, on Liga Dois, not on Premier Liga, but on Liga Dois. And when you when you assemble a squad that thinks that they will fight for promotion, and then they see themselves in a relegation scrap. Most of the time, they will not be able to uh, avoid it. And that's exactly what happened. We, we went down. Um, and, and then, um, uh, fortunately, we, we came right back up because I think that we hired players and managers that understood what the club needed at the time. And actually, when we were promoted from Campeonato Portugal, the goal was to be promoted. And that I understand because we were out of the professional uh, competition. So that, that's... That was not the place in which we should be. And, and last year, the goal was definitely not promotion, and we ended up getting it. So that's, that's the irony of football, I guess. You know, going back to uh, the promotion, you know, getting back to the top flight, um, it, it's interesting because in 2019-20, when, when the league season was... was uh, truncated due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Auruca were due to be promoted alongside Vizela uh, to the second division due to their league position. However, Olyanens successfully appealed for this uh, for these promotions to be suspended. And yet the next year, you guys, uh, just a year later, you were playing in the first division. Can you can you talk a little bit about this process? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was it was curious because um 
and we we had nothing to do with it. Actually, it was not our fault. It was the the Portuguese Football Federation that has decided that um, at the time when when competitions uh, were were uh, stopped, um, that the two teams from the four uh, groups we had four four series or four groups uh, of teams. And the two teams with most points um, gathered to, till that moment out of the four groups would be promoted. And that was, the, uh, in my opinion, it was a ridiculous decision. And, and I was actually benefited, and my club was benefited from it. But I think it was a ridiculous decision, I think, because uh, until then, uh, I'm sure that you know that the Campeonato system was... Um, Top two teams from each each series, each group of, of teams would compete uh, in the playoff system until we have two uh, the two teams that that would um, promote to the Segunda Liga. And what Olianense and and the other teams, I think they were Praiense, La Rosa, what what they wanted was um, to do exactly the same. So they they wanted that. The two top teams from each each group of of, of teams uh, would play um, in a playoff, uh, whether it would be in May or in June or in August or in September. Um, that's what they wanted, um, and that's why they uh, they appealed uh, against the direct promotions for of Aroca and, and Vizela. And I remember that we started that season. Uh, we started last season without even knowing if we were going to continue in the in the in the league because um, because that that process was still was still ongoing. So um, fortunately for for uh, what I know that um, it, it it was overruled. So so they did not um, they were not given um, ground enough grounds to um, to stop us from being promoted. But that was just another episode of a series of episodes um, of uh, the Portuguese football circus um, that we have here. Um, but but it was it was definitely curious. Um, and and as a Naroka fan, I still give reason to the to the clubs that have protested. Aruka, you know, as we mentioned, uh, they they went from finishing fifth to getting relegated within a year. Um, another team that suffered a similar fate was Hioav, right? Finishing fifth on the final day of the 2019-20 season, uh, nearly eliminating AC Milan from the Europa League qualifiers, and yet getting relegated. Uh, to none other than Aruka. Aruka beating Kiwav in the uh, relegation promotion playoffs last year. Kind of ironic. Uh, what do you yeah. feel were the biggest reasons for Aruka's promotion? Um, and, and what was your experience like last season? Um, so it, 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 it's just another, another proof of how ironic football can be. Um, I think that the key reason that we we were able to to beat Riwav was that um, we we had uh, we we were in completely different moments when we met because Riwav was on a downfall; they were losing games left, right, and center, um, 
and 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 they were they were trying to stay up so they were they were fighting more than playing they were not playing freely they did not have a very attractive style of play um and we on the other hand we were, we were coming off i think nine or ten consecutive uh, wins we had a huge win streak on the last few games of, the, of last season that got us to third place in the league and when we came to that playoff we were full of confidence uh, in ourselves and in in our style of play because it was it was working you know we, we were getting results so um, it, it i think that 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 was a clash of two teams that were in completely different moments of the, of the season and you know of in in two completely different anemical states uh, we were very confident and and we were we knew that we were capable of beating them and we were playing for win for a win you know every game we were playing for a win in the in the last uh, nine or 10 fixtures of the season we were always playing for a win for a win for a win and that is very different it's, it's very different playing for a win and playing not to lose which was what Hiwav was doing in the last few games of the season and when those two worlds collided fortunately we were we were stronger and we we, we kept our our mentality and the way that we played and we were able to beat them uh, i was actually not expecting that i have to be honest because i'm i'm a pessimist by heart <laughs> so so i thought that it was not going to go well um after we we beaten them 3-0 in the last in, in the first leg i also i actually thought that we were going to lose still I was not confident going into that second leg match, but now I see that I should have been because we were we were much better than them at the time, um, and we were in a much better state of mind. Uh, but yeah, uh, first match was was surreal. I mean, I never thought that we were going to beat them three 0 and second one was even better. When when that first goal went in, and and I finally thought, well, that's it, we we are coming back. I I actually uh, bursted into tears because. Uh, those those last few years had been a, an absolute roller coaster, and and we were we were we were coming back. So it was it was an unbelievable experience. Aruka earning promotion to the top flight under M- Armando Evangelista, uh, someone who spent his entire playing career in Portugal and his entire coaching career as well. Guimarães native uh, has managed Vitória de Guimarães in a number of capacities. Has managed other clubs such as Penafiel. Vizela, Vila Frakinch, but uh, joining Oruka at in in May fifteenth, twenty twenty, taking them to the top flight. Oruka uh, currently fifteenth in the league table, um, and Evangelista approaching two years at the club. I'm curious, what what have you made of Evangelista's time so far, and how would you describe uh, his tactical setup at Oruka? Uh, so, um, when he was appointed, I was not very confident, I have to say, because, uh, basically what I, what I, uh, heard from, from him and, and from when, what I saw of him was his spell at, at Vitoria, which was not very good, not at all. Um, he was sacked very, very early in the season because the results were not good. And, uh, so when, when he was appointed, I, I was... Uh, I was not very confident that he would do a very good job. I think that he had what it what it took to 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 keep us up in the in the, in the Segunda Liga, but I was not so sure um, that we were going to be a quality side. 
and and he surprised me actually in the in the first season because we were extremely solid in the back and that I think that was key that was absolutely key to our to our success last season was that we were rock solid at the back uh, it was very hard to score against us I think uh, we were not very creative going forward with I I, I would not I, I don't think we were we would dominate uh, the match in terms of possession and and territorial. Uh, domination but we, we we were not able to create many chances you know um we we would almost always see the same patterns of play which was uh the fullbacks linking up with the wingers and then crossing to the to the box that was basically most of our of our playing patterns last last season uh but we were, like I said, we were rock solid, and on those on those final days, on those final fixtures of the season, that that proved to be absolutely decisive, and that gave gave us the freedom to to play a little bit more expansively in those last few games and to actually uh, win the matches that we needed to win to clinch promotion. Promotion, because at some point it became the goal. The goal was to at least get third, third place to go to the playoffs, and uh, to do so, we needed to play uh, in a little. A little bit of a, a little bit more of an offensive way, and that's exactly what we did. Because I think that um, at the middle of last season we were eighth or ninth in the in the league table, so we were nowhere near close to promotion uh, places, and we ended up uh, in third because of our of our solid defense. Now this season, I think things changed a little bit. Unfortunately, we are not as solid as we were uh, defensively. I think. I think this team uh, this year it, it, they make too many mistakes. I, I don't I don't understand because the manager is the same and the players that are in the in the defensive positions are almost all almost all the same. Uh, but they make a lot of mistakes and their defending is is very bad. At least from my point of view, I it it pains me to see our our defensive organization because I see. And and in the matches that I go live, I go to the stadium. It's even more uh, obvious. I see the space that that the team gives, especially on the flanks, because uh, our our opponents uh, they already know how to how they can hurt us, which is to make the ball travel from one flank to the other, because the cover on the other flank will be almost in existence. So they can they can create opportunities from there. Um, so so I think that our defensive um, Cohesiveness has been very, very bad this season, unfortunately, and that has been so far uh, the biggest problem and the reason why we are we are in the situation that we are right now. I mean, we conceded uh, six goals against Braga and four against Vizela, which which is absolutely astonishing, astonishingly bad. I mean, and and that is a testament to uh, what I think is is the lack of quality in our defensive process this season. Uh, but offensively, I think we are better. I think we are we are more able to create chances, and and we 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 still dominate the game in terms of possession most of the games, and we want to play good football. I mean, uh, stylish football, um, but um, um, but unfortunately, uh, our 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 defensive solidarity and cohesiveness has abandoned us, and we are defending very badly. I think. And I hope that uh, we we do much better in in the remainder of the season, especially defensively. 
because offensively, I think we can create problems to our opponents now. We 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 are a little bit more creative in going forward, especially with with now with the Vitsimon, which is an excellent passer of the ball, and especially Andre Vukia in the right wing is is very very is very technically gifted player, and he's actually the player that has um, suffered more fouls in the, in the league. Um, and I think that Wellington can actually aid, uh, aid to that. Um, and I hope that we can we can be a little bit more solid defensively because that will be absolutely crucial in, in the fight for uh, for uh, staying up. A lot of uh, interesting signings made by Aruka this season, uh, including Ebue Kuasi, who has played for Celtic and Genk. Kuasi obviously scoring uh, the decisive 97th minute winner against Storiel on Thursday. Uh, what have you made of Kuasi so far at Aruka? He is, is, is a good defensive midfielder, I think. is uh, not very technically gifted. But that's not what you would expect from your from your holding midfielder, I, I would think. Um, is is very is strong and is physically imposing, you know. And he can he can um, steal steal possessions from from the opponents very well. And that is absolutely key when you want to press forward. If you have a man like him that can uh, that can give you back that can get you back the ball when you lose it. And quickly, and in in a in a higher area of of the pitch, that is important when you want to press higher. To have a man like like that um, in the back, and and I think he does that very well. Is is not that gifted technically, like I said. Is is not a, uh, an excellent passer of the ball. Not uh, not even close. But he has been important, and uh, actually he has been a little bit criticized by some some. Aruka supporters. I don't understand why, because I think he's very important in the in the midfield, and I think he's been doing very well. I'm not. Uh, I was. I was a little bit surprised when he when he came to us, given the fact that he had played for Celtic, by example, or Gang. Um, but he he has been doing. He's been doing very well. He's he's been very very important in our in our midfield. You know, lately uh, we've been seeing a lot of players outside of Portugal's big three getting moves to some top clubs uh, just this window we've seen Chiquinho go to Wolves also looks like Samuelino will, uh, will join Atletico Madrid at the end of the season after excelling with uh, Gil Vicente um, you've mentioned you know quite a few players on the Soruca side Joao Vasso, Andre Bukia um, Mateus Quaresma a lot of interesting players what are, what are some players that you feel could could get a big move uh, to a, a top side? Um, well, uh, my number one pick would always be João Basso. I think his, 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 uh, his quality is he's, he's a very good centre-back. Um, he, he, he can add all the defensive qualities that the centre-back needs to have with uh, ball-playing. He's an excellent ball-playing centre-back. He can carry the ball, he can pass it extremely well. He's, he's a natural leader of the of the um, of the defensive line, and I think that he will he will unfortunately for us he will probably get a a, a big move um, maybe even uh, this this next summer. Um, Matus Quaresma is always is also uh, uh, a player that I think will get a big move soon because he's very strong, he's very fast, and he's actually very technically gifted for a left back. He he can. 
He can carry the ball with a lot of quality. And he can infiltrate um, through the middle uh, very well as well. That, that's, that's a good trait that he has. He, he can carry the ball and not only going through the flank and cross it, but also going through the middle and infiltrates um, in the opponent's lines. Also, um, I think Andres Silva also is, is obviously capable of, uh, has, has the potential to, to do a, a big move. I heard some rumors that Braga were actually interested in him uh, last summer. And and I understand why is is like I said he's not a centre forward but he can score some goals and as a winger he has all all the abilities that a good winger should have he's fast and he can he can cross a ball and he's he's actually developed a very good um, head game he can he can head the ball very well for 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 someone that was not a proper a proper striker uh, and Bukia like I said is extremely. Uh, Technical, but also needs to improve his his uh, decision making. He he can is is extremely fast, and he can he can dribble past absolutely anyone. But then, on on the last decision, you know, on the last pass or on 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 the shot, he he lacks uh, some 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 quality on those on those key moments. And I think that if he can improve that, he, he definitely will get a big move soon. Um, I also think that. Uh, Leandro Silva, our, our midfielder, has been playing has been playing very well, and he he, he was uh, he came up on on Porto's uh, youth system, and and I think he has he has also the quality to to for a big move because he's a very good passer of the ball and he can organize the midfield as well. Yeah, mentioned some really intriguing players. Uh, we talked about Eboe Kwasi, another West African player on this team, Abdoulaye Ba. Um, born in Senegal, has played for the Senegal national team, but has also played for clubs such as Porto, Fenerbahce, Rayo Vallecano, really been around the block. Um, and he just joined Aruka this past summer um, and has, has been a, a regular in central defense, did score an own goal um, against Storio last week. I'm curious, what, what have been your thoughts on Abdullah Ba thus far? Uh, so uh, I'm not his biggest fan. <laughs> I think you can say that. Uh, I think that he is, 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 is too prone to making mistakes, you know. Um, sometimes he tries to, uh, to to play the ball when you should kick it. You know, he, he tries to uh, go around and cover the ball when he should boot it. Uh, he he makes bad passes and bad decisions. He scores his own goals. This was not his first one this season, actually. And I I don't think that he is he is quality enough to play for us. But that's that's obviously only my opinion. Obviously, the manager disagrees with me, and that's why he's the manager and I'm not. But um, but I don't see uh, qualities in him for for being a starter for for the Roca. Uh, I just just for the fact that he's too in, uh, too prone to make mistakes because he has he has the physical qualities. He's tall. He's fast. Um, but but his, his decision making and the fact that he's too prone to make mistakes and to be uh, clueless of where he should be, uh, he, he lets his the guy he's marking uh, go most of the times, and then he has to resort to to fouls in places that is not necessary. Um, I, I even thought that uh, the centre back that we um, sent back between inverted commas to Turkey. Which was Gustavo Campi. I think he was better than than Abdullah Ibasso. I was surprised to see him go and not Abdullah. 
uh, but clearly the manager um, thinks Abdullah is better. So that's why that's why I, I have some some hopes for for Galovic. I, I I hope that he can be a little bit better than Abdullah Bayer, that he can form a, a decent partnership with with João Basso. Um, all the while, uh, this this uh, this Abdullahiba and Gaston Campi and now Galovic situation happened because we had the misfortune of Sema Velasquez, our our centre back um, who, who played for the the Venezuelan national team, and he got injured for the remainder of the season. This happened in September, so he was he was uh, rock solid last season. He came in January of last year, and he was absolutely crucial in the partnership that he made with Basu for our to our promotion. And I think that we would be a lot more solid if he was still on the field. Unfortunately, he got injured and that's why we had to, to go to the market. And, and he's not coming back, to, at least not this season. And, and he's, he's still uh, very sorely missed, at least for me. Um, and and that, that was an important blow for us. So I, I'm, I'm curious to see what Galovic can do. And as for Ba, uh, well, uh, I hope that he proves me wrong. That's all I can say. Will be interesting to see what happens today against Pamaliko. Uh, without any further ado, I want to transition into our talent of the week section. Uh, my talent of the week going to go with a player who is not that young, but uh, is is doing quite well um, in Portugal. You know, we've mentioned a lot of, uh, shall we say, Brazilian late bloomers so far. Aruca has quite a few. Uh, maybe not late bloomers, but players who aren't young, you know, 27, 28, and that kind of age range. Uh, my talent of the week, I'm going to go with Cassiano Diaz Moreira, 32 years of age, and is doing quite well uh, for Vizela, newly promoted Vizela. Cassiano uh, spent, has spent the bulk of his career in Brazil playing for a lot of uh, different clubs. Went to uh, a Chinese club, Chiljang, Ice City Football Club uh, in 2018, then went back uh, to Brazil, then went to Boa Vista for a season, been at Vizela since 2020, however, um, and has, has done quite well uh, for, for Vizela over the past few uh, weeks, 32 years of age, and uh, has kicked off 2022 on the right note scoring a penalty in a 2-0 win against Belenenche Saad, big relegation six-pointer, scoring against Porto in the Taça de Portugal. Uh, in his last two games, he has grabbed a brace against Tondela in a crucial 3-2 win against uh, Tondela, and then scoring again uh, in a 3-2 win against Vitoria de Guimaraes, the exact same scoreline. So... Uh, interesting run of form for Vizela. Not perfect by any stretch. You know, they have lost to Sporting, Porto in the Cup, Morerense, uh, Maritimo, but uh, in, 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 in definitely an interesting run of form for them. Scored some, uh, some, some, some very attractive goals, courtesy of Cassiano as well. And uh, Vizela, currently 10th in the league, Aruka currently 15th, just uh, one point above the relegation zone. Um, and and Estoril, on the other hand, 7th, playing Passos de Feira at the moment. We'll see what happens with that regard. But Vizela, 10th in the league. That, that's, that is not a bad result if you're a Vizela fan right now. Obviously, still a lot of football left to be played, but... 
you know, we, we talked about Vizela uh, at the start of the show. Some really intriguing players on this team. Uh, Kofi Kuao, 23 years old, uh, Ivorian, and has been linked actually with Porto. Um, you've got the likes of Rafael Gusso, uh, a Brazilian midfielder, another fairly late bloomer, 27, uh, who picked up man of the match in the 3-2 win against Vitoria de Guimarães. Uh, Cassiano, player who you know I, I like, I, I like a lot. Uh, has has been a very good center forward, good mo- mobility, and uh, I think I think has shown a lot of quality in the final third uh, for Alvaro Pacheco's side. Um, so yeah, some very interesting players. They just brought in uh, Osama Rashid, uh, who has has done quite well previously uh, for Portuguese sides. They've got some other players like Andres Sarmiento, Kevin Zohi. Um, another player I want to highlight, Alex Mendez, 21 years old, born in Los Angeles, uh, but eligible to play for either the United States or Mexico. He has played for the U.S.'s youth teams, but we'll, you know, we'll see if he switches over. Uh, decent mini run of form for Vizela, though, and I think that Cassiano is playing a massive role so far. Your thoughts on Cassiano and in, in general this Pizella side? Uh, so so Cassiano is no surprise to me. Uh, I I was already impressed with him last season. He was he was actually top scorer I think for for the Sunda Liga last season. So I knew that he would be he would be trouble for for the defenses uh, in in the Premier League this season. He is is extremely strong. And 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 still at 32 is 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 fast, uh, so is is suited for uh, for a fast fast paced attacking uh, system, and and he he well he knows where where the goal is and and he can score a few goals, so so he's not he's not that much of a surprise, uh, at least not for me. But uh, I think that his talent should be definitely highlighted, and at 32 is is having a good a very good run of form. As also is is Vizela. Um, like I said uh, earlier, it, Vizela is not a team that I, I I do I don't. It's not a team that I would mind see uh, playing in the in the Premier League the next season. Um, obviously, if Aroca can stay up too, um, uh, and they have some some very interesting players and and I think a very interesting manager. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Alvaro Pacheco. I think he's is the mastermind behind behind this this Vizela squad. And they have some some interesting players. I last season I I made a thread on Twitter about uh, players that I thought that would be suited for the Premier League in the in the Segunda Liga teams, and and for Vizela I've highlighted uh, Cassiano of course, um, but then I, I I highlighted at the time uh, Rafael Guzu and Samu that I thought were very good uh, very good midfielders, especially Samu. Um, he, he impressed me very much uh, last season. I think that he and Miguel Crespo were the best players in the in the Segunda Liga last season. And Miguel Crespo, well, uh, uh, I would say that I, I was right because he earned the move for for Fenerbahce. Um, and I, I was impressed by by Kofi, like like you highlighted as well. Um, Kiki Afonso and Kiko Wondos, I think, are two very very good players as well. And and they have quality all around. And they they added Claudemir this. I think that, I think that he came to them this this season. Uh, which gives some quality in the holding midfielders and and Alex Mendes, like you like to highlight it, the, the 21 year old, 
he, he has been playing very well. I think uh, I think he has he has good quality, and um, and he could be a, a hope for for the United States um, national team uh, for playing in the in the seniors if he if he can develop a little bit more. Uh, I think he's left-footed, so uh, that's also that's also good. Um, and and from what I've seen in the game against against Vitoria this uh, yesterday, he is uh, is the one already uh, uh, taking the side pieces in in the Vizela squad. That says that says a lot about the quality of the kid. And and I think he can develop very well under under Alvaro Pacheco. And I hope I hope that he has a, a bright future. As I hope the same for for Vizela once again. I think they are, they are a very very good side and they are on a good run of form right now. They they won the last two, which which has has given them a little bit of of breathing room, you know, in the in the table. They are tenth as you as you mentioned, and I think they are on twenty two points. Um, and and I think that that gives them a little bit of breathing room. I think their next match is against Boavista. So that would be a very, a very interesting match because Boavista is now currently behind them they, they, with a game in hand. Of course, Boavista uh, did not play yet. I think they will play tomorrow against Santa Clara, which is also a very important game. But they, they are in a good run of form, and I, I like, I like to watch them play. Absolutely. Uh, without any further ado, thank you so much, Fernando. It was a real pleasure to have you on, and uh, I definitely hope to have you on uh, again soon on the Cortellinos podcast. Thank you so much, man. Pleasure was all mine. And like, like I said, like I tweeted, I, I would like to thank you as well for giving us uh, fans of, of smaller teams the, a space to, to, to chat about uh, our teams and, and Portuguese football as well. Uh, because in, in, in Portugal, we have virtually no space whatsoever to speak about our smaller, our smaller clubs. So thank you once again. Thank you as well for inviting me. And anytime you need me, I'll, I'll be honored to, to, to join you. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much again, and good luck uh, in today's game against Famalicão.